Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, fellow gamers. Welcome back to the Video Gamers Podcast. We are here today to break down recent gaming news over the last week and provide some of our thoughts. I am your host, Paul, and joining me today, he is hunting down time crystals on his way to Mount Kof while fighting Persian mythological creatures like the Manicor. It's Josh. Oh, I got them slick moves, baby. <laughs> did you did you know anything about Persian mythology? Because I can't say uh, that I did. Yeah, I watched the movie 300. Um... Uh, hmm. Okay, Xerxes. All right. I that's guess that Persia. Counts. That's the Persian Empire. The Xerxes guy that the Spartans are going up against. That's all Persia. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was gonna say I, I don't know my hard Persian history. It's more oh, the uh, wow. mythology that wow. I, that I didn't know. Three hundred is yeah, everything in three hundred is spot on. It's yeah, hundred percent. Very accurate movie, <laughs> especially those yeah. abs. Can yeah, you? Oh, historical yeah. text. <laughs> All right, and then joining Josh and me, he's got his fingers crossed. He's hoping he's not going to get laid off by this podcast. It's Ryan. Oh, come on. Come on, one time, baby. One time. (laughs) Well, Ryan, we have some uh, updates on our fiscal year we need to share with you. (laughs) Through the roof, baby. Yeah! We're good to go. I'm on. Oh, all right, guys, we have a lot to talk about. Let's start out by talking about a couple of games here. Ooh, I like Prince talking games. Per- <laughs> I do too. <laughs> We're in the right place. All right, let's start out with Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. All right, now on the day this episode releases, the game is now released and available. Everyone can go check it out. It's a $50 game. PC players have to grab it on Epic Game Store. It's not on Steam. This is the first new Prince of Persia since the Forgotten Sands in 2010. For those who are not aware, this iteration, The Lost Crown, it's a 2.5D Metroidvania. It is doing very respectably with critics. It has an 86 on Metacritic on console, a little bit lower, 84 on PC, but still good. Josh and I got a chance to play a demo. I think this game is shaping up to provide players with a lot of fun. I'm very curious to hear your guys' thoughts, especially on Josh, uh, since he actually played it. So, uh, Josh, what do you think about The Lost Crown? So, I almost didn't pick up this demo because I got sucked into a different game. And then I was like, no, you know, we're going to talk about it. I used to love Prince of Persia. I mean, I played I the too. OG <laughs> Prince of Persia Yo, way, way MS-DOS, back in the day. baby. Yeah, like legitimately. <laughs> and those games back then were great. You know, and then I kind of lost track of the series. It kind of went some different routes and I just didn't keep up with it. And then lo and behold, the Lost Crown. Hey, there's a demo available, everybody. And I kind of went, I like demos. I like trying new stuff. And then I saw like people really starting to like praise it. And then I went, well, I mean, I had already planned on checking this out, but now I'm really interested. Picked up the demo. 
I'm telling you all right now, this game is good. Like, even if you don't know what the old Prince of Persia is like, this is a very well done game. The animations, the fighting, the movement, the the like the Prince of Persia flair where you're clinging to walls and jumping and you've got traps you've got to avoid. And it's almost like jump puzzles in a way like the difficulty level can definitely get up there. And the longer I played, the more I realized I was just starting to like grin and enjoy myself and like start looking at, oh, look, there's a hidden route up there. If I jump off this wall and then grab that ledge and jump to this wall and then dash across and air dash, I can grab that ledge, which will then let me get up here. And sure enough, like, boom, all that stuff worked. Super tight controls, super good combat. It's like, this is a game that, really caught me off guard with how much I was actually enjoying this demo. I think I'm going to pick this one up, man. Oh, yeah. Nice. It does play very well. The demo is quite short it and is. they even tell you we're not going to let you go everywhere. So a lot of corridors are just blocked off where you can't go through. Ryan, I know that you've played Metroidvanias. We played a ton of Castlevania symphony of the night. I know you've played hollow Knight and some others. What to you makes for a good Metroidvania? Like, what do you think of with that genre? I like good, good action and combat where it's just, I, I always, I know I use this word a lot, but just crisp. If it's crisp and, and enjoyable and like Josh said, it, it made me laugh and actually smile myself because when you're playing a game and you just have a smile on your face, that's a good game. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's what it's all about. So if it's something that does that, that's all you need. So something that's crisp, it's, it's fluid and then just has that exploration where you have to backtrack. Oh, now I got double jump. I can get through back to this back area and and go explore over here and check out an area I haven't seen before. And I got these new moves. And so anything like that is always gonna, you know, I'm a sucker for a good Metroidvania. Um, but that's uh that's what kind of draws me in is having those features. Oh yeah. And and one of the neat things about the Lost Crown is when you open your map, it's exactly like every other Metroidvania. You can tell, okay, I didn't go left in that corridor. Oh, yeah. in this area, I can go higher up and to the right. But what's really neat here is they actually give you what are called memory shards, where you can take a screenshot of where you want to go in the future, and then it'll pin it to your map. So instead of like Castlevania, where you've got... Uh, I don't know, 700 rooms, and I don't know which one to go to now that I can uh, fly as a bat. Well, in this case, you can actually just mouse over on your map and see a little picture, and I think that's actually really cool, so it avoids some of the unnecessary backtracking. It makes it a little bit more guided, which I think is great. Dude, I will say, my biggest... Co- you, you two are both bigger on Metroidvanias than me. I loved Hollow Knight, but that one kind of stands out there for me. Um... My biggest complaint with Metroidvanias is I get lost, right? Like, I don't mind the backtracking necessarily because I'm curious and I go, I want to know what's up on that ledge I couldn't reach before. But when I am wandering around this huge, huge map and then it's like, oh, okay, well, there's something over here I didn't go do. It's dark. And I and then I wander all the way over there and it's like, oh, wait, I don't have the skill to get up here. Okay, well, let me go to the other end of the map and go check that out. And then I went, oh, yeah, I don't have the skill that lets me go there either. I start getting frustrated. The ability to take a screenshot and the game automatic, and this is a touch of a button. This isn't like some complicated process. You literally touch a button and it takes a screenshot and it pins it to that part of the map. And I just went, 
this is genius. It really is genius. Is it a treasure chest? Yeah, it's just a chest. Like, I can wait to go get that later on. Or, hey, there's a new path that I couldn't explore before. And now I can go check that out. I know exactly where it is. And the seeing it part is just an instant like, oh, yeah. I, I I love that feature. You don't need to use it in the demo, but they definitely showed it off. And even though I didn't use it, that was one for somebody like me where I was like, you just fixed one of my major pain points with a Metroidvania. Like, thank you. <laughs> and Ryan, I can definitely report that the game plays crisp. You basically have very limited buttons, which you would expect from a, you know, a 2D side scroller, but it is a fun system because you've got like your regular melee and then you can fire arrows. But if you press and hold it, then it does like a different ability on a cooldown. Uh, it plays pretty darn well. I can't wait to be able to play some of the bigger boss fights. Last thing I'll mention is that there is an amulet system almost exactly like Hollow Knight. Oh, yeah. Oh, they oh, okay. ripped it off 100%. <laughs> yeah. You have like six slots, at least in the beginning. And then it's like this amulet takes up three. That one's one. These are two. So how am I going to mix and match these, you know, for what works for my play style? Uh, before we move on, we would like to ask all our listeners to take a moment, go rate our show five stars, leave a written review in Apple Podcasts. Also, if you like what we do and want to support the show while getting bonus content, you can sign up for Patreon over at MultiplayerSquad.com. Starts at just five bucks a month. Um, you can go check that out. And I also very highly recommend that everyone follow us on socials at Video Gamers Pod. We actually just did a gaming giveaway. Oh, uh, we yeah. weren't even asking people to retweet or share our pod or anything. It was just simply, we're gamers. We love other gamers. Uh, we ended up giving a game to, I'm going to butcher this name so badly. Uh, it's a it's a guy from Brazil, Milho Crayolo, and he won a copy of Asgard's Wrath 2 that he's going to share with his son on the quest, which was a lot of fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, we're active on socials. We post a lot of news there that maybe we don't cover on the podcast. Um, interact with people, just talk about games, that kind of stuff, and occasionally do a giveaway. And, and yeah, this was one where we just went, you don't have to do anything. Just just let us know a game that you want. And this guy wrote in and said, hey, I want Asgard's Wrath 2. In Brazil, it's like ridiculously expensive. I'll never be able to buy this, but I've always seen it. You know, I've been excited since it came out. And he won and we got it for him. And he's thrilled, man. So <laughs> it was really cool to see those DMs. And I know he's too humble to to say it but this was all josh's idea he yeah, said i i want to give away a game guys are you cool with that and I, we both paul and i both said absolutely that sounds awesome he you know spearheaded all of this so props to josh that was super cool obviously we we would love the engagement but um we're all gamers and we just you know we want people to game with and and give games to people so yeah it was it was super cool to see how excited he was you know to get that I will just piggyback on that real quick to say that it is the people that support this show that make things like that happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in all honesty, like the supporters of the show, the people that, you know, like go to multiplayersquad.com and support the show financially or just by word of mouth and telling a friend, that's what makes things like that happen. So for all of you out there, I've been in the guy's DMs. I can tell you, we absolutely made his day and his son's day. So thank you to everybody for that. Josh loves sliding into the DMs. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, moving on. We got news here this week that a third-person MOBA game, which many of you out there probably know, called Smite, is getting a sequel. 
They are going to be holding an alpha playtest in the spring, so we don't know when this is going to release. It's still way down the road, more than likely. IGN did release a preview video, however, highlighting a little bit about what they're planning to do. I've never really been a MOBA guy. I mean, I've dabbled a little bit. Uh, Dota 2, a little bit of League of Legends. Uh, what's the Blizzard one? Heroes, Heroes of the, the Storm. Storm. Yep. Yeah, a little bit. They've never really drawn me all that much. So I was kind of curious. Have you guys ever played Smite or are you really like into MOBAs at all? I historically do not like MOBAs. Um, I it, It's something about the gameplay loop. I like the combat of MOBAs. And Paul, we played Battle Right, which stripped oh, everything yeah. <laughs> away and just gave you the MOBA combat without the little grunts or the lanes and all that stuff that you got to worry about, which we absolutely loved. Like we really we fell in love with that game. Smite, I have come so close. I mean, so close to almost trying multiple times because it takes the isometric top down view of a MOBA and puts you in like a 3D over the shoulder view, which really intrigues me. It, otherwise, I think everything else is exactly the same. You still have little grunts, you still have the lanes and all that stuff, but it uses um, like mythological gods as the characters. And I love combat games. I love outplaying people, you know, that kind of stuff. So Smite has always been one of those games that people tend to love. And they always say, hey, it's it's different enough that if you don't like League of Legends and you don't like Dota 2, you might like Smite. So when Smite 2 got announced, I got very curious very quickly, watched the trailers for it, read some of the news. My interest is peaked on this one, to be honest. And I don't know if that just stems from that I never tried the original Smite or that maybe I'm excited that they're upgrading it and kind of making it a little bit more modern. So I, 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 my interest is peaked. I'm not hyping it yet. I'm not promising I'll play it, but it's definitely was enough to get me interested. That's a, what are your thoughts, Ryan? That's a little more than me. Um, I would say I'm <laughs> indifferent on it. It's from what I saw, it's all right. I never played the first one. Um, I'm not a big fan of that type either, but um, I don't know. All I know is, being on the IGN site, apparently I want to buy a Toyota and I want to buy uh, <laughs> a few other things, a, a cruise to Disney. Like, uh, there's the oh my gosh, the advertisements are real. <laughs> For, oh, it's very real. Every time and I try to click, and they just keep like moving the the web browser and the page, and then Progressive <laughs> pops up to me, and I'm like, come on, come on, man, I'm just trying to read this article. Just please let me read the article industry worst video player uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly so the video bad. player is so bad um yeah unless ign wants to sponsor us in which case it's fantastic and in that case i love you guys <laughs> i'm not Bring selling out no way <laughs> there you go uh i will say that the thing i loved the most in in reading this preview from ign is at the very end of the article they are not getting rid of smite one smite one will continue to get updates oh, even wow. after two releases Blizzard, take note, yeah. <laughs> they stole Overwatch 1 away from us, which we paid for to give us Overwatch 2 because they could monetize it better. But what a cool thing to let the first game live. I guess they're adding five new gods to the new one, maybe even more down the road. I guess the first one has 130. That's ridiculous. So it'll be at least 135 oh, wow. in Smite 2. But yeah, I really, really like that they're letting the first game live. Yeah, that's the way you need to do it. None of this Overwatch 2, Arc 2 or Arc Ascended type stuff. Um, I mean, that's just a terrible trend. We need to put the kibosh on real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a short break and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, guys, moving on to our next story here. It is, unfortunately, very tough times for people right now working in the gaming and tech industries. There were so many layoffs last year in 2023. I don't even think we highlighted it all that often, but I did read today that they estimate 9,000 game developers were laid off last year. And this week alone, we got news about three major layoffs. Unity is laying off 25% of their staff which is 1,800 jobs. That's like a that lot. is Jeez. that's a lot of people, yeah. a lot of families. Discord is laying off 17% of their staff, which is about 170 jobs. Twitch is laying off more than a third of their staff, which is about 500 jobs as well. Wow. Um Josh, I, I think I think we all feel most passionate about Unity, but I kind of feel like I just need to pass you the ball and let you take this one. <laughs> Uh, I will just start this with a disclaimer that for all the people that lost their jobs, like that genuinely sucks. You know, um, I, I like we, we feel for you in that regard. Uh, nobody wants to go through that stress, you know, wondering what they're going to do for their families, you know, what's my future and all that stuff. Um, we genuinely hope that the, like the talented people will find new homes and, and have a better job and a better company to work for. Because Unity sucks, man. <laughs> Look, okay. I don't know if you guys, I, I know you guys remember, but this is to the listeners. Unity is the company, is a game engine company. And Unity, we covered this, I don't know, four or five months ago, maybe longer, tried to do the thing where they changed in the middle of everything their payment plan where developers used to just say, hey, I'll pay you $2,500 to be able to use your engine. We're going to develop a game. And then it's, you know, you, you can just put the game out there to the world. Unity tried to do the per download thing uh, in the industry and said, now every time somebody downloads your game, you owe us like a, a, you know, a couple cents or something like that based on the number of downloads you get. And the gaming world revolted. I mean, everybody sure <laughs> lost their minds. Unity came out and said, no, no, you guys don't understand. You're, you're, you're looking at it wrong. A lot of people will save money. And then people broke it down and they went, the heck we will. Like, this is the worst <laughs> thing we've ever seen. And we're two years into a development cycle of our game. What the heck are we supposed to do now? And everybody lost their minds. I mean, like I said, we covered it. We said, this is terrible. Like, you can't do this to developers. This is bad, bad news. This is bad, bad business. And then Unity kind of came out and said, uh, we'll take a look at things. Maybe maybe we miss, you know, judge the response to this and we'll take a look. And then 
the repercussions started to happen. I love John Wick, the series. And in John Wick, there is a saying that they have and they go consequences, right? Because you have to face the consequences of your actions. And when you try to screw the gaming industry, guess what? People are going to go somewhere else. It's exactly what happened to Unity. The CEO got fired. That dude got canned, rightfully so, because I'm assuming it was his idea to do this. The downside to this is these poor developers, these poor families, these poor people that worked for Unity are left in the aftermath of all this and this bad decision making and a CEO that just wanted to make even more money for the shareholders. And it's like, you guys weren't struggling. You know what I mean? If you had just stayed the course, everything would have been hunky-dory, but you got greedy. And because you got greedy, now look what happened. I'm done. Sorry. Off my soapbox, guys. <laughs> you mess around, you find out, right? Yeah, is that that's like the really TLDR? The I mean, <laughs> they messed around and they found out big time because, I mean, you don't just wind up in a position where you have to lay off a quarter of your employees. This isn't a quarter of one department. This is, you know, we see that sometimes. Hey, this one department's getting shuffled around. And so, you know, 50 people are getting shuffled over there. And maybe we had to let 25 of them go. This is 25% of all employees at Unity. And I feel so bad for these people because where are they supposed to go? 9,000 other people just got laid off last year. This is not like an easy uh, industry to go find another job. It's already bleeding and, and losing people. I mean... Unity stock has been very volatile, but just to give a couple markers here, Unity stock is down 28% since July, and it is now worth almost half of what it was at their IPO initially in September of 2020. I mean, this just sucks all around. It sucks that it didn't even work out for the CEO. The CEO has yeah. gone. All these people get fired. They have lost all trust from the industry. A lot of people say, we'll never use Unity again. And I didn't even know this until today. Super Mario RPG remake was made in Unity. No. Do you know how many people bought and like downloaded that game? That's exactly why Unity tried yeah. to do this. I can't even imagine like how much pressure they would even get from like how how do you try to screw over Nintendo halfway through this? Like you're shooting yourself in the foot if you're trying to squeeze every inch from those kinds of partnerships. It really just sucks all around. I'm not sure what else to say. There's not much else to say. It's just when you get into these things when they are trying to please uh, shareholders and and just profits over anything. This is what you get. This is this is this is what happens. People like profit overall. This is what we get, and no nobody's happy with that. A lot of people are out of a job now, and and here we are with you know just another company trying to just screw everybody over is yeah. you know the bottom line i genuinely hope that there's a lesson to be learned here by other companies like if all of this all of these layoffs all of this stock price tanking and all that stuff happen like please let this be for good and other companies out there go whoa <laughs> okay apparently you can't just screw everybody over for more money and get away with it yeah. The the Twitch layoffs, I don't have nearly as much heartburn because they're not making a profit. And so they're like, hey, we're just, you know, we're we're paying our users. Kick.com has really taken off. Like the industry has changed. They're not making money, so they laid off some people. I, I can understand that a lot more. Discord 
that situation does kind of suck also because they had a lot of success in 2020. And so they hired five times as many people. They tried to just grow too fast, too quick. Guess what? All of a sudden, it's not working. They're not making money. So a lot of people who quit and left other jobs to go work for Discord are now told, you know what? We thought the success was going to keep continuing. We tried like Icarus. You know, they flew too close to the sun. Now those people are left out to dry also who might have had stable careers prior. So, you know, it just kind of sucks all around. I mean, some layoffs are necessary. I get that. But it especially sucks when you have a CEO announce a terrible plan and just everybody pays. Yeah, that's that's the bad one. Yeah, for yeah, sure. That's definitely the worst. All right. Moving along, we got uh, two last stories here that we want to touch on. This one I, I really love. Exodus, which our listeners yes. might remember. Oh. We, yes. we have talked about this game. Oh. It looks exactly like Mass Effect, which is a great thing. Yeah, good for, you know, being Paul. My, good for Paul. My favorite gaming series of all time. Uh, we did learn a little bit this week, a little bit more about the game. They are leaning heavily into time dilation as an element of the story. Now, for anyone who hasn't taken a physics class, or maybe it's been a minute, this is kind of like the movie Interstellar, right? Like when you experience gravity or travel near the speed of light, time is relative. And so you might experience only a few short moments while something else relatively goes forward in time much faster. So they have said that you will be playing and making decisions in this game where time dilation can affect days, weeks, or centuries of the gaming uh, environment. And that's also going to lead to vastly different outcomes at the end of the game based on all the decisions you make. This sounds incredible to me, and I cannot wait to learn more. All I know is I keep saying, you know, when you guys tell me we're recording at 630, and then you get you give me gruff when I come at 645, and then I was like, dude, time is relative, man. Come on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan was too close to a black hole. Go. It's not his yeah. fault. Right. Time flows differently for Ryan than it does uh-huh. for Paul. That This is very true. Time has a different meaning to Ryan. It's a man-made construct. It sure does. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, there's, not, there's not too many... Um, well, I, I won't say that there's there's a lot of trailers that get me going but this game i was just goosebumps the whole way through i am i am very very excited for this um i probably am not as in depth as these guys are with it but i've looked into it i love the the option of time dilation i love how it affects the way the outcome of the end game is all all of it and if you put me in space in a starship I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> this game has everything without actually seeing very much gameplay. Yeah. Uh, the, the the point of this is we saw the trailer and we lost our minds over the trailer and we went, oh my goodness, this is Mass Effect for you know 2024, 2025, whenever it's going to come out. Um, and it also is from several of the predominant people in that were responsible for the golden age of Bioware. So yep. the guy that, you know, came up with Mass Effect and KOTOR and Jade Empire, and I mean, these absolutely beloved games, these are the people that are working on on Exodus now. So you have an amazing pedigree of people that know what they're doing, and then they start talking about the things we want to hear. Like, hey, there's multiple endings to the game. Your choices matter. Time dilation is going to come into effect, and it's going to play a big part in the game. 
like Paul said, if you haven't seen Interstellar, number one, you got to watch that movie. But number two, it kind of gives you an idea of like how time can flow differently for different people. You start getting into that on top of the incredible story that this game's going to have on top of the gameplay that we've seen. This is going to be like, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but this could be like one of those all timers like Mass Effect. And if we're getting something like that, oh, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and like a lot of games will use elements like time travel. I don't know that anyone's ever actually used time dilation like this. Maybe post interstellar. That's possible. Pre interstellar. I don't think enough people would have like understood the concept maybe. So maybe now after I I would have to imagine they saw interstellar and thought we can probably bake this into a video game. And I'm sure that's when the whole idea started like nine years ago or however long ago interstellar Interstellar is great. <laughs> it is great. Other than the last five minutes, I, I hate oh, the ending so of that movie. But everything up to that point, I, I love. For so me, much. it's the beginning. Oh, the, here we the go. Farm movie part, Paul. Movie the Paul's farm here. Part, like I get. To, I mean, the first time you watch the movie, I guess you need to set it up. But if you ever rewatch it, I'm like, I'm just skipping the farm part in the beginning. Like once it's they get into slow. space, it takes off, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. The the you were my ghost uh, reveal yeah. is what I I don't like. All right. Moving on, we got one last story to cover here. CES 2024 just took place here last week in Las Vegas, as it does every year. Uh, speaking of which, have either of you ever attended CES? No, but I would love to go to one, dude. I would nerd out so hard. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be See, nerd it, overload. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, can't imagine. Yeah, I actually had to work it several years when I worked at a company that made PDA cases, which makes me oh, sound about 400 years old. Yes. Uh, yeah, Ryan remembers. <laughs> I remember. So I used, I used to work CES. It was a lot of fun. You could see all the newest tech. I remember at the time, Samsung had the world's biggest plasma screen TV. And do you want to know how big it was? Oh, wait, don't tell me. Uh, 42 inches. 36. You're really close. I am pretty sure it was 50 inches. I mean, this is a long time ago. This is when everyone still had like the CRT monitors <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was going to be like eight or $9,000 or whatever. And then fast forward a decade and we've all got 4K TVs for like, you know, 500 bucks Dude, that you yeah. can get from Walmart. Uh, I saw somebody <laughs> yeah. selling a 50 inch flat panel TV for $20 on Facebook Marketplace <laughs> the other day. And oh the gosh. only thing I could think of is look how far we've come. <laughs> really? I mean, it's insane. <laughs> so I love that. It's, live. Yeah. yeah. So CES gives you like, like that glimpse into the future and you know, eventually this is going to be commonplace, right? It's just the cutting edge tech one day down the road. We're all going to get it. Well, Samsung had on display, I I think this is truly amazing, guys. It's a 24-inch 3D display panel that requires no glasses for 3D effects. Now, not to get too nerdy or scientific here, it uses lenticular technology, which is something that everyone's seen before, even if you don't know that word. You know how you can have like those um, displays that are almost made of like accordion paper. And if you look at it one direction, it looks a certain way, maybe like a bird. And as you move your head to the right, it kind of looks like the bird flaps its wings. It's exactly using technology like that. The monitor is filled with prisms and there is a sensor that tracks your eye movement and it realigns the pixel array to make everything look 3d. You don't have to charge your 3d TV glasses. You don't have to charge your VR headset. You don't have to look like an idiot after playing VR for an hour with the giant square in the middle of your forehead. You're going to be able to just sit down, play games in 3D 
that are going to look amazing and fully immersive. I cannot wait to see these things go mainstream because I think it's so hard to get people to take the leap where they have to wear something like a VR headset or 3D glasses. Yeah. I think that this is going to be a huge jump for 3D gaming once you can do it without the extra accessories. I want to I want to say first thing, I am always so so beyond thankful that I have Paul here to explain all this nerdy stuff. <laughs> because I don't know any of it. I just like to enjoy it. I I'm a consumer at best, but um I I am in that camp where I didn't go see 3D movies that often. Like cuz I just no. I hated wearing the glasses. I just it all kind of seemed just meh to me. I'd rather just okay, I just want to see a movie. You know, and but then I also I remember we I used to carry this giant 30 pound or whatever monitor to my aunt's house and then we would play games and and yep. link up and i'd bring the laptop and or whatever and whatever we had to do or the tower and to to sync up so we could land diablo or or wow or whatever we played so <laughs> starcraft yeah starcraft yeah so so a lot of blizzard <laughs> i i see the progression on on how tech just impacts everybody and so it's so cool to see something like this come in and and i watched that tech video and I was blown away. I, I am so excited. I may, you know, I may wait a year or two till the price like plummets. <laughs> but um, yeah, this this stuff is just beyond. Like, could you imagine twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, people telling you about this? You know, it's just crazy. the The really cool thing, and I might be wrong on this, but I don't think that I am with this technology. Like when you see a 3D movie, the like they have to make the movie in 3D, right, for it to be right. really good. And so with yeah. this technology, they used Lies of P as an example that the guy was playing. Lies of P is not a 3D game. Like nope. this is not so <laughs> it can convert anything into 3D, which is huge because the problem you run into especially with like PC gaming or even consoles for that matter, is if you start to need special equipment and then you need developers to develop things for your special equipment, that's probably not going to happen. You know, like yeah. there's all kinds of cool peripherals out there, but the games don't incorporate them. You know, like maybe there's one or two games that do it and then that's it. But you get something that works on everything that is out there. I, that's a game changer in my opinion. And I'm with you guys. Like I generally don't like 3d movies because I feel like it's kind of like dirty 3d. Like it's like, yes, it has yeah. depth, but I want to feel like I'm dodging in my seat or like something is actually going to fly out of the screen and hit me. And VR is like that, but movies are not, you know, and I've seen a 3d TV and watching it, it's like, yeah, yeah it is kind of mad, but dude, you give me a monitor where now I'm playing Elden ring in 3d. Like I'm in. I, I, I'm I'm a grown up man. I can afford expensive toys at this point. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I'm buying me one of those. <laughs> I mean, I really wish I could see this in person because, of course, they can't film a video where you get to experience right. it. You know, so none of us has seen it in person. But just reading through and picturing what that must be like, I they they talk about how it's got all this AI tech inside it. I mean, is it actually AI or are they just saying that? I don't know. But if they are using some kind of AI tech to make it 3D, that's really neat. Like that's one of those applications I never really thought about with AI. I've said this before. I always thought it would be like, 
um, giving it prompts of like, make me a map filled with a forest and make it this size or whatever. And it could spit it out. I never thought about it doing something like turning a game that's 2d into a three dimensional game that you could experience. Like I can't, I mean, AI, we've said it before. It's going to totally change the industry. Yeah. And when you start to add all this together, I think gaming is going to look radically different, even just 10 years down the road. Yeah. Well, especially with TV. I mean, the parameters are all set. You have the game. So it just has to read it ahead of time and then broadcast it. So that's that's all you need. So yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be definitely definitely now, something else. The, the biggest thing that bothered me out of all this was when they said twenty four inch screen. And <laughs> that's then I was not like, bad. I mean, oh, that's pretty come small. On. That's pretty My small. monitor's twenty seven inches. Yeah, I, mean, well, I know sorry, Josh Paul. has his TV. Sorry, Josh Paul. uses a TV to game. <laughs> I I. I don't know. Like, I don't know how far away your TV is from you, Josh. Like, my monitor's only 18 inches away. Like, I don't want it to be so big that I have to fully turn my head up, down, oh, left, I and do. right. If it's in 3D, I want <laughs> I want to be surrounded, man. Well, the cool thing is all those prisms will realign. It's not going to look weird or distorted on the edges. Yeah. It's going to track your eyes. Like, that's so cool. Dude, guys, what a time to be alive, yeah. right? What a time. Like, for real. This is... Wasn't could- it... Could you imagine 20 years ago, like thinking of like, this is where we'd be? No, I know. And what's funny is we're literally doing a Dane Cook joke. And I know he's not like our favorite comedian, but he has a whole routine where every generation thinks they have the best stuff <laughs> where he's like, the guys were chiseling in tablets of stone. Like, can you believe how, how effective these you know tablets are compared to the people from before? You know? Yeah. It's I gaming is gonna, I, I just, we don't even know what it's going to look like, and that's with, what I find so exciting. Yeah, that's what with with AI and the ability to really enhance everything they do, and then exponentially uh, advance their performance on how they produce the games and stuff. Like, there's just there's so much that's still going to be discovered in the next year or two that I'm super excited to see where it goes. Hopefully, not the apocalypse, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be ready. Well, I would imagine that even though VR has had moderate success, when this tech gets cheaper and soon every monitor yeah. has 3D capability, I think that's really going to take off where 3D gaming becomes the norm. All right. Well, that wraps everything up for this week in gaming. We want to say thank you so much to everyone for listening. Please remember to rate us five stars and swing by MultiplayerSquad.com to support what we do and get some awesome perks. We're also on socials everywhere at Video Gamers Pod. Until next time, happy gaming. See ya. All right. See everybody. Ryan, if you could see us in our office before you leave. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs>